I'm Arie Cohen, and this is Daf Shui, Weekly Daf. Give me 40 minutes or so, and I'll give you a Daf or so. So this week, we passed the Shloshim, the 30-day mark, after the massacre around Otef Aza, around the settlements in Israel outside of Gaza. And that also means that it's been 30 days, a little less than 30 days since the Israeli bombing started, and this week we past the 11,000 mark, according to the Gaza Health Facilities Health Ministry. 11,000 Palestinian dead, on top of the 1,400 Israeli dead from the Simchat Torah massacre. So, I'm just going to dedicate today's learning to all the dead, to having a ceasefire, and to returning the hostages as soon as humanly possible. I'm going to read the first and the last verses of Chaim Nachman Bialik's classic tragic poem, Be'iraha Harega, in the city of slaughter. I'll read the first verse in, or the first lines in Hebrew, and then I will translate them as I go, and then the last line, the last verse from T. Carmi's Hebrew and translation. Kum lech lecha el ir harega uvata el hachatzerot uveinecha tire uviadcha t'mashesha legderot v'aleitzim v'al ha'avanim v'al gabeitia hakhtalim et adam hakarush v'et hamoach hanikshet shel hachalalim uvata misham el haravot ufasachta al pratzim v'avarta al hachtalim hanikuvim v'al tanurim hanitatzim v'imkom he'emik. Kirkar Hamapatz, Hirchiv Higdil Hachorim, Machsofa Eben Ashkora, Varot Halvena Hasrufa, Vahim Nirim Kefeot Pituchim shall Pitsaim Anushim Ushorim, Asher Einlehem Takana od, Velotielehem Trufa, Vitav Uraglacha Benotsot Vit Nagfu Altile Tilim shall Shivre Shvarim Resisim, Utibusat Svarim Ugvilim. Kilion Amal Lo Enosh, Ufri Mishne Abodat Parach. Arise and take yourself to the city of slaughter and go into the courtyards and with your eyes see and with your hands feel the fences, the trees, the stones, and on the cement of the walls and the plaster of the walls, the blood that has dried, the hardened brains of the corpses. And from there, go to the destroyed houses and walk over the openings broken into the houses and pass by the walls with their holes, the broken ovens, the place where the hammer hit, where the holes were bigger, where the bare stone, black and naked, the brick burnt, they seem like open mouths of wounded people, black unto death, who had no savior and had no healing, and wade into the feathers and the mounds and mounds of shattered and broken pieces and the defeat of books and scrolls, the inhuman end of labor, and the, the fruit of great, great effort and work.
in the last verse, the Arur Haomer Nikom, Nikama Kazot, Nikma Dam Yelid Katan, Ulo Vara Hasatan, Yikov Hadam Etatahom, Yikov Hadam Altahomot Machashakim, Vahal Bachoshach Vachatar Sham, Kulmos Dota Aret Hanimekim. And cursed be the man who says, Avenge, no such revenge, revenge for the blood of a little child has yet been devised by Satan. Let the blood pierce through the abyss. Let the blood seep down to the depths of darkness and eat away there in the dark and breach all the rotting foundations of the earth. Yehi zechram baruch. May those who carry their memories find blessing and hope and rest. Okay, so we're going to start on 114a, fourth line down in the page as published originally by the widow and brothers Rome Lo these 150 years ago. Itzmar, Kinyan ad ematai chazer. The Stam introduces a new question. How long following an acquisition, a Kinyan, can one renege from the acquisition? This is being asked both in reference to the immediately previous discussion of a matnat shchiv merah, a deathbed gift, but also gifts in general, according to Rabbeinu Hananel. Once Ruvain gives Alice in a beanbag chair, how long does Ruvain have to change his mind and decide that he really wants the beanbag chair for himself? Rav Amar calls man shiyashvin. Rav Yosef Amar calls man shoskin botonyan. Rabbah says the length of time as long as they are sitting together. That wasn't a beanbag chair pun because Rabbah didn't know about the beanbag chair. But it's as long as they are sitting together. Rav Yosef says that the time is as long as they are discussing the acquisition. Once they have moved to another topic, the acquisition is finalized. Amar Rav Yosef, kvate didi mistabra. Rav Yosef said the discussion is supporting me, for Rav Yehuda said the three people who went to visit a sick person at the same time and the person as he is dying states his desire to bequeath this or that thing. The three who are visiting him can decide whether they want to be witnesses, in which case they write down what they heard and then bring it to a court to follow through, since there is a law that ain aid na dayan, a witness to an event cannot judge that event, or they may decide to act as a court of three and enact the transfer in which the dying man had announced. And if you would think that the law about reneging refers to the whole time that they are sitting together, then how could they have delivered a definite ruling based on the words of the dying man? The man might change his mind before they leave. So in the Widow and, Ra- and Brothers Ram beautiful printed edition of the Talmud, the reading is, Rav Ashi said, I stated this teaching before Rav Kahana. There are some manuscripts that have Rav Zvid and not Rav Kahana. This makes more sense historically, and historically is in quotation marks, since Rav Zvid was a student of Rava, and therefore a fourth to fifth generation Babylonian Amora. Rav Ashi was a sixth-generation Babylonian Amora, so it is reasonable to, to assume that Rav Ashi would recite something before Rav Zvid as a student before a teacher. Rav Kahana, on the other hand, was a second-generation Babylonian Amora, who would have been much older than Rav Ashi, therefore less reasonable to assume that he was the one that Rav Ashi was reporting to. Though, 
it is still possible. And also, many of the dialogues in Zalma did not actually, you know, happen. Suravashi so stated this teaching in front of or before of Zvid. Many manuscripts have an Amarle here. That is, he said to me, that is, Rav Zvid said to Ravashi, How is this good for Rav Yosef? How does this support Rav Yosef's contention? In the case of Rav Yosef, we can ask the same question. That is, perhaps they were discussing this matter. Then they started talking about another matter, at which point the three visitors wrote their testimony or their judgment, but the sick person might come back to the git, to the matter of the gift and change his mind. So he answers, this is either Ravashi or the Stam, or perhaps even Ravzvid completing his own thought, unclear because of the pronouns. He answers that once the discussion changed to another subject, it was obvious that the matter was done. However, in that case, the same could be said for Rabbah that they got up but could come back and sit down. However, the getting up signals that the matter is legally done. The Stam now, as a kind of organizing mnemonic, states that the halachas according to Rav Yosef in three cases. In our case, that the donor or seller can renege as long as they are dealing with the same matter. As an aside, some of the medievals have the Girsa Kinyan acquisition instead of Inyan, a matter. They both refer to our case, but using a different word. The second case, which is the first case listed here by the word Sadeh, or field, refers to an incident which is recorded on 12b above, in which a person bought a field next to his father's field. When the father died, he wanted to claim the part of the father's field which was next to his field as his portion of the inheritance. Rava says that this is a classic case of kofin al-midatstom. We coerce to prevent the ways of the Sodomites. In other words, the other brothers, did I mention that there were other siblings, should be forced to allow him to inherit that part of the father's field which would benefit him, since they would not lose anything by doing that, while this brother would obviously gain. This is also called one benefits and the others do not lose. So, according to Rava, we force the brothers to allow the brother who had bought the field to inherit the portion of this, par- of this father's property, which would benefit him. Rav Yosef says there that the brothers could counterclaim that that specific part of the property is actually worth much more than the rest of the property. It is valued like a property of Bar Marion, which was a legendarily wealthy family, and therefore we don't coerce the brothers into selling. The halacha in that case is also according to Rav Yosef in that we don't coerce the brothers to sell. The third case is from further on, 143a, in which a man says to his wife, All of my estate is bequeathed to you and your children. Rav Yosef says that the wife and the children divide the estate 50-50. This ruling comes to say that since the husband specifically mentioned the wife, she gets one half and then the children divide the other half. The halacha here is according to Rav Yosef. This week's podcast is brought to you by Job and Friends Group Therapy. Are you feeling down, sad? Does it feel like your life is going nowhere? Well, come to Job and Friends, and after your first hour of group therapy, you will realize that your life could be so much worse. Now, Job and Friends have locations in both Surah and Pumbedita. And for listeners of this podcast, if you mention Dafshui, you get a 20% discount off your first session. Job and Friends, because your life could be so much worse. 
So this is a good segue to the next piece of the Mishnah that the Gemara takes up now. Ha'ishat Benah. The Mishnah says that a woman bequeaths to her children but doesn't inherit from them. Ha'tu Lamali. Ha'tanale Reisha ha'ish et imo ve'ha'ish et ishto. The Stam opens with a seemingly obvious question, which Rashi had foreshadowed to us in his commentary on the Mishnah. Why does the Mishnah have to mention this again? The previous line in the Mishnah had just stated that in the case of a mother or a wife, a man inherits but does not bequeath, which is the same as saying that the woman bequeaths to her children but doesn't inherit from them. Ha kamashmalan, disha et bina, dumya disha et bala. The Stam answers that this seeming repetition actually adds that the relationship of inheritance between a woman and her child is the same as that between a woman and her husband. Ma isha et bala, ein habal yoreshet ishto bekever, af isha et bina, ein haben yoreshet imo bekever, lanchil lachin min ha'av. Just as in the case of a woman and her husband, the husband does not inherit from the woman after she has died. In other words, as we learned on the previous daf, if a woman dies, and then her father dies, and the father had no other children, the woman, had she still been alive, would have inherited the father. And then when she died, her husband would have inherited from her. So we might have thought that even though the woman predeceased her father, this would still be the case. The law is actually that this is not the case, and the father's brothers and so on inherit him. The seeming repetition of this line in our Mishnah teaches that this is also the case regarding a woman's son. We might have thought that even if the son predeceased the mother, still, when the mother died, the son would inherit her estate and then bequeath it to his brothers from the same father, and not, but not from the same mother. The Mishnah teaches us that here too, in the Adonai's language of the Stam, the son does not inherit from his mother when he is in the grave, in order to be able to bequeath to his brothers from the same father and not the same mother. Amar the Gemara now starts on a somewhat different topic until the next Mishnah, and we will end with this. Rabbi Yochanan said, in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, son of Rabbi Shimon, it is a matter of Torah law that a father inherits from his son and a mother inherits from her daughter. For it says in the verse in Numbers describing inheritance, tribes. There is a comparison of the tribe of the mother and the tribe of the father. Just as with the tribe of the father, the father inherits his son, so too with the tribe of the mother, the, mar- the mother inherits her son. The Rashbam points out two linguistic points. First, the phrase that is used to convey the Rabbi Yochanan is passing on a statement that Rabbi Yehuda son of Rabbi Shimon said is Mishum, in the name of, rather than the more usual Amar, which means that Rabbi Yochanan said that Rabbi Yehuda said. Rashbam chalks this up to the fact that Rabbi Yochanan was not so used to transmitting teachings from Rabbi Yehuda as opposed to, say, from Rabbi Yanai, his teachers. So he sort of hedges with Mishum. He doesn't want to get caught out in having passed on something that wasn't exactly what he said. The second matter is the phrase Dvar Torah, a matter of Torah law. This is to say that this matter is derived from a Midrashic reading of a verse. 
Hear the verse in Numbers 36, 8. And every daughter inheriting an estate from the tribes of the Israelites shall become wife to someone from the clan of her father's tribe, so that the Israelites may inherit each man the estate of his father. The use of the plural tribes, matot, triggers the Midrashic reading that just as the father inherits his son, so too the mother inherits her son. And with that, we're going to finish and hoping for peace. I am Aryeh Cohen. You can follow me at Irmiklat, I-R-M-I-K-L-A-T. You can send witticisms, criticisms, comments to thewidowandthebrothers at gmail.com. My thanks, as always, to my wonderful producer, Ellie Unger-Sargon. Check out his podcast, Four Cubits, with Jeff Helmreich. My wonderful Chavruta, Charlotte Van Robert. And the communications team here at Dafshui Shachar Cohen Hodos. Be well, be safe, pray for peace, work for a ceasefire, and the return of the hostages. And remember the dead.